All right, hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast, bonus podcast, Nathan talking at you, giving you some insight into the way my noggin works, uh, the synapses that fire inside my head. Today I'm going to be reading a piece, I've written books, uh, several, and, and a bunch of uh, books for the kid. I'm going to read you a segment from book called Hey Buddy, Dubious Advice from Dad. It's a series of letters I wrote to my son, and uh, as said, it's advice for him, and since it comes from me, it's all dubious, uh, meaning questionable, meaning I never know what I'm talking about, so I shouldn't be telling anyone anything. And, uh, well, to be honest, I'm not... Well, no, there is advice at the end of this one, I think. I was going to say this. there's no advice in this, but there is. There is advice in this letter to my son, And here we go. Hey, buddy. Today was an interesting mix of good and awful. Several weeks ago, one of the most prominent booking agents in the comedy world referred me to a management company in Los Angeles. He said I could use his name to get my foot in the door. So, Mommy and I wrote up what we thought was a solid introduction letter, not an email, an actual old-school letter. We put it in a box with a little, uh, hey, we researched you, so here's some swag from your alma mater, gift bag, and sent it off first-class mail. Two days later, post office tracking showed our package had been delivered. Then, we waited. And waited. And waited. Over two weeks passed, the manager ignored our introduction. He didn't respond with either interest or a thank you. So I reached out via email and offered a follow-up, a kind, uh, hey, uh, I sent you a package, Uh, just wanted to make sure you received it, uh, what you thought of the gift, what you thought of the content, my letter. I got a one-sentence response. He sort of asked for some video, but seemed more annoyed than curious. I sent him a link to a video of mine, and then his reply was a basic admittance that he didn't understand how links worked. Instead of clicking on it and actually watching my video, he said he couldn't figure it out. Well, then I walked him through everything, you know, move cursor over link, click link, watch video. And then I heard nothing for over a week. Well, he finally emailed me back today while you and sister were napping. It was an indifferent rejection. The way his note read was almost as if he either didn't watch my set or he watched it while doing something else and barely paid attention. He never mentioned the introductory letter, my recommendation, or more importantly, any of my jokes, my comedy. In short, he asked what my hook was. See, having original material and a unique voice wasn't enough for him. In this business, you need a hook. Do you have a catchphrase, a repeated refrain that you sprinkle throughout your set? Even if your comedy is uninspired and lacks originality, if you say something after each joke that people can latch onto, they will remember that signature slogan and launch you to the top of the stratosphere. Or maybe you're socially unique a left-handed orphan raised by wolves, or someone born with six fingers on each hand. Those are hooks, something that can be sold on paper without examining actual skills. He was looking for something to pitch. What was my angle? Because in the world of stand-up comedy, 
being funny isn't an angle anymore. I think the most angering aspect of the rejection was how poorly written his email was. The manager confused the two yours, Y-O-U-R and Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, and he also confused two versions of their, T-H-E-R-E and T-H-E-I-R. When I forwarded the email to Mommy, she was so confused by his inarticulate response, she replied, I don't get it. What is he saying? The word salad the manager had barfed up was so poorly written, Mommy couldn't make sense of it. I had to tell her it was a rejection that he was passing on me. And that might leave you wondering, do you really want someone like that representing you? The answer is yes and no. I mean, right now, I have no one in my corner. And as it stands, people like him are the gatekeepers to power. They guard the passageways to those who can put you on television and get you booked in great clubs. And the people in power, they don't want to be inundated by the unwashed masses, meaning people like me. They use people like the manager I contacted as buffers. You generally need to use a manager or an agent to hook up with someone who can put you in front of a camera. And trust me, I've reached out to those in power many times, and silence is the response you get. Anyway, the entire incident left me frustrated, angry, and admittedly a little depressed. No one likes rejection, and even more so when it's done with a lack of respect. Well, after reading his email, I looked up the manager's client list, and that made everything worse. I realized I had worked with someone on his roster a couple of years ago. They were my opening act and struggled all weekend. Each of their shows was mediocre with the audience not laughing because the material wasn't interesting. When I got on stage, I got big laughter and applause. When his client was on stage, I would wonder, is this a dead audience only to discover, nope, they were just waiting for someone funny. Look, I have to admit, it swelled my ego every show. I thought I was hot shit. If there is one thing I've been able to take pride in regarding my career, it's the compliments I've received from people who work at the comedy clubs where I perform. When a bartender or door person tells me, I see a lot of comedians and, dude, you're good. Well, that means something to me. When I get told you're different from everything else I see, I am humbled. My favorite compliment came from a doorman in Cleveland. After my show, he said, I've been here a year and can guess the punchlines of most of the comedians that come through. You? Not so much. You surprise me. I like that. I'm telling you all this because, in all honesty, I'm trying to feel good about myself. Thinking of the manager's rejection, the way he did it, without even taking the most cursory examination of me or my comedy, I need to latch on to the accolades I've received. So getting back to his comedian, a year after feeling like hot shit for being better, so to speak, than the manager's comedian, that comedian was on TV. The manager got his client on one of the top late-night talk shows. Suddenly, the fact that I had bested them in a small club in the Midwest, that didn't mean much. Yeah, my ego had run amok that weekend, but the other comedian trounced me in the greatest of ways and was on to bigger and better things. Today, that comic is getting prime slots across the country. Meanwhile, 
I'm fighting with 100 other comedians for a gig at the Moose Lodge in Nowhere, Iowa. Well, after reading the rejection email, I just sat staring at my computer screen. As I said, rejection hurts. Now, I do have to say this. When given criticism, when you are criticized, when you are given feedback, you have to digest what has been said. You always have room for improvement. But sometimes, the judgment passed on you is an expression of that person's limitations, not an assessment of your abilities. That was the awful part of the day. About 15 minutes after I received the email, you woke up. I've mentioned this before, but you don't wake up easily. You generally wander out of your bedroom rubbing your eyes, your hair sticks out at all angles, and you sort of shuffle more than walk. You're generally looking for love, and for the most part, you want mommy. But every so often, I'll do. Today, you came out of your room holding your water bottle as if it was a security blanket. You were hugging it. You were squinting. You saw me and shuffled over. I was lying on the couch staring at the ceiling and stewing. You crawled up onto me, laid your head down on my chest, and snuggled in deep. And for a moment, for just a moment, everything went away. The rejection, my anger, my pain. For a moment, everything was okay. You weren't trying to make me feel better. You had no clue what I was going through. You were just trying to take in the world around you. Your little head was thinking, I was asleep. Daddy is here. I'm not ready to play yet. I just, I just want to lie down for a couple more minutes, and I want to lie down on Daddy, someplace I feel safe. Well, you weren't trying to make me feel better, but you did. You snuggling up to me took away all the anger, at least for a while. A smoker doesn't quit cigarettes because they put one patch on their arm, but it lessens the craving. That's what you were to me at that moment, a patch. You helped me refocus on what's important. You, sister, mommy, our family. Today was one step forward, two steps back, or maybe it's all even, I don't know. I, I didn't have a manager before, I don't have a manager now. Maybe the hope it was all about to get easier or better is what made today feel so defeating. I tell you this, though. Through everything, all the ups and downs of my career, Mommy has been there. There's an old saying, behind every good man is a great woman. I think that's nonsense. Mommy has never been behind me. She has been by my side, my partner, my equal, my better. She has been out in front of me, cajoling me forward, encouraging me during times like this when I've just been kicked in the teeth or made to feel like what I do doesn't matter. I believe in you. That's what Mommy tells me. I believe in you. Those four words are sometimes the most important things I hear. And so, I tell you this, when it comes time for you to marry, marry well. Learn what you can from my mistakes, but absolutely learn from the one thing I did right. 
Find someone who supports you and who you can support in return. Never date or marry anyone out of desperation or the idea, well, this is good enough. Find your partner, your equal, your better. Find that person, that anchor, and tether yourself to them. Love them with all your heart. Make sure that you have a sanctuary to return to, a place you can exist where everything is okay personally, even when things are askew professionally. Yeah, being rejected felt like a kick in the gut. It always does. But you, sister and mommy, carry me through the tough times. I used to want success because I wanted recognition for my thoughts and ideas. Now, now I just want to provide for you and sister. I don't want either of you to want for anything. There's an old saying about no door being closed without a window of opportunity being opened in response. The manager just closed the door and locked it. I'm just waiting for my window. Love, Dad.